Um, I was putting myself through school doing magic at the time, and my whoa whoa uh, whoa, 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 whoa yeah no, I did just well, you yeah. can't just skim over that. What do you mean? Yeah, what? I thought you knew about that. No. Um, so that was how I put myself through school was doing magic. From the studio of Rule Twenty Nine, I'm your host Justin Aaron's, and this is Design of, a podcast about people and the path they have taken from the past to the present. Today, I'm happy to share my interview with my good friend Bill Gardner, designer, author speaker, local connoisseur, and to my surprise, a magician. Join us as we start our interview at a conference we both had the chance to speak at together. You know, I did have some good conversation. Yeah. I mean, as you know, you've done this long enough to know too that that really, that few minutes after a talk is really, in my opinion, some of the most precious time, you know. Because people are going to take a few minutes to say thank you or to ask you a question. That's um, where you're going to make the contact in there. Well, and it's really, those are the people that really have some stuff to ask you. But enough about me, William. No. We're, oh, we're actually recording. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I got you. I want to respect your time. So what is what is your uh, podcast? Tell me about it. Wow. This is a twist. You're going to interview me. Usually we crack a joke and say, have you ever heard of my podcast? But I didn't know in advance you already haven't. Yeah. So our podcast is called Design Of. Yes. And we started doing it because we wanted to explore the story that is around us. Right. So often, when you intersect with someone, especially yep. at our more seasoned age, um, <laughs> they've gotten to us. More, I'm more seasoned than you are. That's yeah. perhaps true. A lot but more. I want to respect yeah, my that's guests. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we're going to dig in with you a little bit. Yep. There was a process. There was things that happened. There was a story behind where you are, where you are now. Yeah. Right? And so... Yep. I'm really fascinated in exploring that. Okay. And that's really what this is about. And so the question really is, Bill, are you going to trust me to warmly and securely bring you into this podcast fold and allow me to tell your story? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I say that, but later we'll see if I respect you in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. You're starting out how I imagined it already. Good, yeah. good. So for those of my listeners who don't know who you are, how um, would you describe Bill Gardner or what you do? Um, so um, let's divide my life into at least three segments, which is uh, my personal life and two aspects of office life. And office life is Gardner Design, which uh, has been around since uh, 1985. No, I take that back, 1983 and uh, also divided into Logo Lounge, which has been around since 2001. And uh, one is a branding firm, the other one is a resource for designers, and the other one is a very sacrosanct uh, union between my wife that produced a daughter who's 22 years old that's just wrapping up this month her degree uh, as an architect from Kansas State University. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. How great is that? Yeah. So it's she's very in the, cool. She's in the creative space, too. She is. And what's really... Uh, uh, kind of quinky uh, dinkle is that my wife also uh, graduated from Kansas State with a uh, the same architecture degree, which is a focus mm-hmm. on interior design and product uh, uh, design. Wow. So um, yeah, interior architecture, product design, and uh, I guess I'm the odd man out because I just draw pictures. Yeah. Well, there's no um, shame in that. No. Yeah. Huh. So you are in Kansas. Yeah. And uh, in, in Wichita? Yep. Okay. Which is a um, city of about a half a million, if you include all the surrounding communities on the outsides of it. 
it's the largest single community in the state of Kansas, which is uh, a wheat producing state and uh, home of the Wichita State Shockers, my alma mater. And, uh, you are a shocker? I am a shocker, you know, which is the whole story. It we we developed the identity for WSU. Yeah, well. Did you really? Yeah, well, we didn't develop the shocker, right. but we developed the uh, WSU logo. Much like, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, your alma mater asking you to come back, except ours, yeah. they actually kind of carried through and we actually developed it. Um, you know, one of the things uh, about Wichita State, and uh, this is something that uh, probably a lot of people haven't heard of designers from Wichita State, but honestly, there are some amazing designers that have come out of there. Uh, Wichita is just this really fervent design community that has this passion for really exceptional design. And even though I will say Wichita State doesn't crank out massive numbers of exceptional designers, the ones that they crank out that are good are exceptional. So, yeah, it really is. What is so fascinating about Bill's story is how Kansas and branding are literally a part of who he is. My father was literally mayor of Wichita when I uh, was born in 1957. So to say you're a yeah. Kansan is an understatement. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that. My dad had just returned from uh, World War II, European theater, came back, uh, was a home builder along with his father. Uh, they were both entrepreneurial and um, so your grandfather owned his own construction he, business? He was, or? and okay. he was also a failed um, cattleman and a failed oilman. But the cool part that drug out of that was when he was a cattleman, and literally this goes back to the early 1900s, um, he branded cattle for the Gardner uh, Ranch, and their brand was called the Diamond Bar, which was a diamond shape with a little bar underneath it. And uh, he loved that thing, and it was one that he had drawn up uh, these little, this little diamond of bar, and when he went into real estate years later, um, he would build these little diamonds with bars tacked underneath them onto all the houses. Like you'd see a trellis in front of the house, and here'd be this diamond pattern with a little bar underneath it, or here would be, you know, a front door that had a diamond window with a little bar window underneath it. And he built the diamond bar, this brand, cool into that? these houses. And when my dad came along and kind of took over the business, he uh, streamlined it a little bit and had manufactured these uh, steel diamond bars that said a gardener home mm. and it said diamond bar brand underneath it so i literally have grown up with this idea of branding you know in so the family cool. going back to branding cattle yeah yeah and when we get into logo lounge that'll even be more yeah uh, interesting so yeah okay so you came from a family and entrepreneurs yep. but and did you, and you went to wichita state went to wichita state now I'm, and I'm a shocker uh somebody's gonna have to look up shocker that's listening to this so that they know um that there's an alternate meaning to shockers and yeah. it's a long story just a quick show note folks you really don't need to look it up um uh, so shocker literally comes from the idea that uh, uh, we are in wheat country and before there were combines uh, when wheat came to maturity you would go out in the field with a sickle and you would cut the wheat and you would make a shock of wheat which is that symbol that you see where oh, yeah. wheat stacked up out in the field or some crop is corn or whatever where it kind of comes up to like a TP point and then out yeah it's kind of tied yeah. in the middle yeah. or something okay and you know and it would sit there until somebody came by to thresh it and they would pick those up they would shake it out and that would be how you'd release the wheat from mm. the the stock and that was called shocking wheat and during the summertime the people that uh, went to Wichita State University would go out in the fields to earn money and they would shock wheat so they were wheat shockers 
And uh, so people always look at shocker and they assume that it's, you know, uh, electrical or something like that. But if you look at the mascot, which is called the uh, uh, the Woo Shock, it is this uh, over uh, overwrought version of wheat with eyes and a bad smile and a little chunk of wheat hanging out of his mouth and no legs anymore. They've got rid of his legs and uh, uh, he's called a wheat shocker or a woo shock and that's the mascot which is actually ranked as one of the best uh, mascots uh, in the United States at one of some competition last yeah, year. Yeah, no, like we actually we looked it up during March Madness. Did you really? Yeah, well, yeah. because a lot of my team when we do March Madness mm -hmm. we just pretty much vote on Pick it based on the mascot? Yeah. yeah. And um, someone Wheat started, loses to everything in well, a mascot and, race. And people started <clears throat> laughing about Shocker because, you know, it's alternative meeting. And, um, but that's really, that's really well, fascinating. Well, you know, story. and so when we developed the uh, athletic uh, slash uh, academic logo for Wichita State, it has, you know, a W and an S and a U and it has this stock of wheat going over the top of it. And it really is important to help identify it. It helps you get the idea of branding because, you know, there's Washington State and Weber State and Wayne State and all kinds of other WSUs. Yeah. But the wheat helps a person identify, okay, we're probably talking somewhere in the center of the United States, somewhere in that, you know, and it helps you understand Wichita State and the foundation yeah. behind it. And it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good logo story. It, it kind of works oh, out. I agree. And it seems like you're proud of it too, so that's even yeah, cool. Yeah, we are, and, it, and it's done really well. And uh, it also was about the time that Greg Marshall came to Wichita State and started uh, really whipping the basketball team into shape. Uh, so it, uh, it's we, we believe that we led to that success. Of course you did. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. So again, so your your grandpa, your dad, are entrepreneurs, yeah, yeah. and then you decide to hang your shingle. Why? Okay. So uh, the part of the story that we're really missing here is that I have a business degree, which is what I went before I went for a design degree. Hmm. And uh, it was because I was intending to go into the family business, which by that point was real estate appraisal. And I just couldn't find myself bringing myself to telling people what their houses were worth yeah, for the rest of my life. It doesn't seem like you at all. Yeah. yeah. $526,000. I say that thing's worth five, oh, 527. I'll give you 528. You know, I mean, it's just not one of those things that I could bring myself to. And um, I was putting myself through school doing magic at the time. And my whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, no, I didn't. Just, well, you yeah. can't just skim over that. What do you mean? Yeah, I thought you knew about that. No. Um, so that was how I put myself through school: was doing magic, and um, we traveled around the world, around the country, uh, putting on magic conventions with a gentleman that's kind of the godfather of magic, a guy named Joe Stevens. And uh, uh, we annually would go out to Las Vegas and do a seminar, magic seminar with. Uh, Siegfried and Roy and David Copperfield and Lance Burton and Harry Anderson and this whole cast of you know uh, great magicians and it it it, um, it allowed me to be able to feel comfortable you know talking to people and be on stage and uh, so that was literally how I put myself through school during that time, period of time was doing magic and then we ended up uh, taking uh, the opportunity to uh, go up to Kansas State, which was where uh, I decided to pursue a little bit of design program. Mm. And uh, uh, found my wife up there and figured out that they didn't have much of a design program. Came back to Wichita State and finished up the design degree there. Then gotcha. we started the business. Okay, so before I go there, I just want to ask a question. Have you yeah. ever heard of the magician Nate Staniforth? I don't know. Is it your wife's father? No. No. 
No, no. couldn't tell you that. But Nate's a friend of mine. Yeah. If you ever see any of our stuff, we talk about him. But he's a magician out of um, Iowa. Ah, okay. I, I would be surprised if you hadn't seen him perform or... or Could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot a of magicians. He Discovery and, and mm. all this sort of thing. And, and, and there there are... How cool is that? He just wrote a book about magic. Okay. And if you allow me, I want to send it to you. That would... Oh, you are so kind. Because it is... It, it is... A beautifully crafted story yeah and he is just a brilliant magician and how we connected is one of the reasons we do this podcast right is in learning how to tell story but also exploring moments of wonder and that's his yeah. whole base of magic when when I was running around in magic I was I was a young ingenue um, and uh, the bad boy uh, but uh, no I'd love to hear more about Nate yeah. that would be cool yeah no I'll send it to you in fact we Very interviewed cool. him so since you've never listened to our podcast that will probably be your first that episode that would be a blast sure. I yeah. would enjoy that thank you check out episode 14 where we interview Nate Staniforth and we talk about his pursuit of wonder through magic and talk about his new book Here is Real Magic it's a good one so you graduate graduate business degree yep design degree yep you decide to decide to so doesn't open. that make sense it does, yeah, but I think what's interesting to me um, is you had no prior like apprenticeship or experience. Yeah, that never worked firm. for anybody else. Just kind of went on your own. Yeah, own. well, and it, it wasn't that I intended to do that. You know, I um, I remember looking at uh, firms like there was a firm out in uh, Colorado called Monogle and Associates that uh, did a lot of branding and corporate identity for banks and uh, uh, schools, higher institutions, and the likes. And uh, uh, I started looking around at different marketing and advertising firms, but I found that as I would do interviews that everybody would get to the end of looking at my portfolio and they would say, yeah, that's a great book. Do a trick for me. And it was one of those deals where, Seriously? yeah, you know, because uh, they knew that I did magic and I decided at that point, man, I got to put the magic away yeah. and I've got to focus just purely on design if that's what it's going to be about. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't tell you I'm more, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier with the fact that I made that decision. And it's only been in the last maybe decade that I've kind of pulled the magic out and allowed people to kind of find out about that aspect of my life because That's I figure cool. I'm a little bit beyond it now. Yeah. So, But you enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, what, what a trend. I, I will tell you that it led me um, in the travels. Uh, gosh, let's go back. Uh, maybe it was uh, like about 19, it was about 1983, uh, going out to Los Angeles in preparation for one of our conventions in Las Vegas. And we were at the Academy of Magical Arts Awards uh, where I met Pele, who was a soccer player, um, Cary Grant, um, Betty White, this whole this whole cast of people that were kind of involved with magic from you know a celebrity side. But the biggest part about that trip was that I had written a letter to a guy named Saul Bass Come and on. said, "Hey, um, I'm heading out your way." And uh, uh, actually, my my letter started out like this. It said, uh, "Dear Mr. Bass, I'm heading out to uh, uh, Los Angeles uh, on this date in March, and I'd love to come by your office. But of course, you're probably going to be busy. And I understand, you know, because your time's precious. And this is all before internet, so it's literally a typed letter. And you probably, you know, it maybe I could, you know, visit with somebody else there if you're not available. And for, for that matter, they're probably going to be busy too. So maybe I'll just drive by the place and wave. You know, by the time I'd gotten to the end of the letter, I had talked myself out of visiting yeah. with him. 
and I was officing in my father's office at the time, and his um, uh, administrator said, give me that, and she types out this letter and says, Dear Mr. Bass, I'm gonna be in town on uh, March 16th, and uh, I'd like to come by your office and visit with you. I'll give you a call on such and such date to confirm this. And popped it in the mail, and their office calls up, and I set up an appointment with him, and uh, went out by to visit Saul Bass. And I'm, I'm gonna share a story with you no, that I've not I'm, shared. I'm totally okay. riveted right now. What I love about doing this show and moments like this is that Saul Bass is one of my design heroes. I love his work, his style, his philosophy. In fact, hear it simply put from the master himself. The fact of the matter is I want everything we do, that I do personally, that our office does, to be beautiful. I don't give a damn whether the client understands that that's worth anything or whether the client thinks it's worth anything or whether it is worth anything. It's worth it to me. It's the way I want to live my life. I want to make beautiful things, even if nobody cares, as against ugly things. Now, sometimes you can't make everything beautiful because you, you, you know, but you, that's my intent. I, you know, and I know everything that there is, and, and this was common, you know, when we would travel, if it was to Hawaii or wherever it was, that I would find the most preeminent, you know, graphic designer there, and I'd go visit with him. You know, it, it was early, yeah. you know, and um, so I'm in Saul Bass's office, uh, which is on Sunset Strip, uh, big rainbow painted out over his office, very graphic. And uh, I had read everything there was to read about Saul Bass. You know, there was nothing that you could tell me about Saul Bass that would surprise me. And I'm sitting there in the reception area and I'm waiting and I'm looking down on the floor and there's a register, a grate on the floor that is exactly like a grate that had been in the house that I grew up in. And I'm sitting there kind of staring at it and thinking, eh, isn't that a coincidence? Saul Bass's office, great, just like mine. And I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm gonna say to Saul Bass when he comes. And Saul Bass starts walking down this long hallway, which is kind of meant to intimidate clients, I suspect, you know, and it's this very long hallway that he's walking towards you at. Did you like hear his feet? <clears throat> well, here's what you don't know and I didn't know about Saul Bass. Saul Bass had been in a major auto accident in the 50s, hmm. and he had one leg that was shorter than the other, significantly. So he walked with a limp, a pretty significant limp, and he's walking down this hallway at me with this really significant limp. And I'm going, I, 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 and I realized that was something I didn't know about Saul Bass. I knew everything there was to know about Saul Bass, except for the fact that he had this limp. And, you know, it caught me so off guard that he came up and he goes, Mr. Gardner? And I'm going, uh, yes, Mr. Bass. Uh, you know what? I've got a register in our house in Kansas, just like the one in your floor. I'm going, oh my God, I just blew my opening with Saul Bass. I'm sitting here with a god, and I'm talking about the register in my floor. Anyway, um, what did he, he, was, he was very kind. Um, uh, he, he literally spent about an hour with me, and uh, the, the thing I drew out of that was that I literally, at that point in my life, was trying to figure out, you know, gee, you know, what are the secrets to great identity design? And I knew that he was a, you know, a god or a demigod at least. And uh, I, I can remember him in his kind of gruff and low voice saying, there aren't any secrets, you know? Your secret is just to work hard at it. It's just working hard. But I do remember him sitting there across the desk and he was drawing out this logo, which ultimately uh, came into play. And he was sitting there sketching on it as I was talking to him. And it was so cool that that actually came out to play. But anyway. That's so cool. I'm glad we, we took that trip. 
Yeah. That was fantastic. Because yeah. I'm a massive fan of his. And oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, he's, um, matter of fact, in the trend report that we uh, talk about tomorrow, I'll uh, refer to him and some of the things that are coming back nostalgia-wise that uh, relate to some of his design. So let me jump ahead. So yeah, we, go ahead. Uh, we're, we've, Magic is, you know, kind of going to the wayside. Garden yep. design is, is, is doing well at some level. It's being Yeah, unfortunately, it was actually called Gardner's Graphic Hands. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, so and back to magic. Explain there was a, the yeah. I, I can. Um, there was a uh, there was a firm out of uh, Germany at the time. It may still be around called uh, uh, Magic Hands, and I decided that I was going to uh, uh, design a logo in school for you know every every designer in school designs a logo for themselves. Yeah, of course. And uh, it was this triangle shape that formed a hand holding a technical pin that kind of came down like this uh, <laughs> in it. And underneath it, it said Gardner's graphic hands. And you know, it couldn't just be Gardner's hands like yeah. magic hands. It yeah. had to be graphic, you know, yeah. which was knowing that we now do as much branding as, and nomenclature work as we do. Uh, I seldom admit to people that the firm was known for about five or six years as Gardner's graphic hands before I turned it to Gardner Design. So there you go. That's good. See, I love, I love these little secrets. All these little things yeah. that we don't hear about. So, you, were you predominantly trying to do identity work? Yeah, work? and that was the challenge. Was uh, you know, I'd, I'd go in for an interview and I told people that, you know, my, my passion, my love is identity design and logo design. And, you know, uh, you've got to generate and you've got to create that yeah. kind of business. And an advertising agency isn't the place. I mean, they, they have a stable of, uh, you know, maybe 10 client stops and, uh, you know, most of them have their brands established and you're really working on marketing material. And if so, um, if a project like that does come along, it's raw meat. And of course, uh, the 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 peak designers are the ones that are going to get a chance to work on it, not the the lowly grunts. So um, it literally was going out and meeting with people and uh, introducing myself and making some connections from people I knew and you know started. And I think some of the very first identities that I did. Um, uh, I unwittingly had received a uh, email from uh, the Art Directors Club of New York, and uh, I think uh, Print Magazine at the time for their annual. And you know, back then, if you spent twenty-five dollars submitting something to a design competition, that was a huge. You know, uh, you're you're taking a stab in the dark. Yeah. You know. It's an um, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, and I'm getting ready to get married, and it's one of those things where do I really want to spend 25 bucks on this or 20, you know, and it's 25 per entry. And uh, I think I ended up spending maybe 150 bucks on New York Art Directors Club and 35 bucks on how, I mean, on print magazine because yeah. it was so cheap. And the very same day, a couple months later, I get letters back from uh, New York Art Directors Club that I had gotten uh, three pieces in. And, That's awesome. and I mean, I'm fine on this you know, wet behind the ear student straight out of school. And uh, the next day a letter comes from print telling me I'd gotten, you know, five or six pieces in. And I'm going, holy cow, God, can you, you know, I must be something, you know. Yeah. And there is nothing like, I, I know that you know this feeling. Um, it's, it's when you get that first thing mm. in print and somebody says, Justin, your work is not only good, but we want to put it in our publication. And, the, you know, you've got goosebumps just running from one knuckle to the other or up and around your neck. It's just, you know. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it is. But also, let me ask this question. Because yep. I think this is true, too. So I thought, if I ever get into communication arts, mm -hmm. 
that's it, man. Yeah. If I was, if I get in Comarts, I must be just crushing it. You know what's <sighs> crazy is, I have been in communication arts. Yeah. It was awesome, and I love that feeling. Oh, you, you got to. But it doesn't deliver on what I thought it meant. Do you, yeah. In the sense of, yeah. in the sense of, yep. we tend to look at things and say, if if I just get into com arts or graphics, everybody's going to know who I am. They're going right. to call me. My phone won't quit ringing. Yeah, I'll just put my feet up and I'll just start. Which yep. is a, such a naive, but ignorant thing to think. Yeah, but, you know, um, but I think it's important that we think that. And here's why, um, you know, it's it's a situation where it's it's the ring that you're grabbing for it's it's that prize out there and if that prize wasn't taunting you you know and just out of reach i'm not sure we would push ourselves to to make it into some of the competitions that we do so it's not as much about the payoff that you get from clients contacting you as it is that it causes you to push and exude the most effort into your work to be able to achieve that level. And um, no, I, I totally get that. Matter of fact, um, so you know that I uh, just returned from Creative South here a couple of weeks ago, and I had one of the most gratifying experiences. Actually, I had three of the most gratifying experiences down there. Bill is about to share three stories about the impact Logo Lounge has had on himself and also the community. Logo Lounge is a collection of over 300,000 logos online and published in a collection of best-selling books of curated logos from around the world. Bill, through Logo Lounge, has made himself one of the top resources in global logo trends and speaks internationally for LinkedIn Learning and is a go-to source for all things logo. Um, uh, one from, is from a young designer who's 20 year old named Mark Hirons, who's out of uh, uh, London, uh, just outside of London, uh, from another uh, designer named Brian Steely, who you may or may not know, hell a designer, and uh, from another one named Jeremy Slagle, who you may or may not know, all exceptional designers, especially, you know, Mark's young, but the other two. Um, and Jeremy came up to me at this conference. He says, I've got to credit you. I say, I, I, I'm so honored to meet you. And I've got to tell you that I was dating my wife and we were in a mall and there was a Barnes and Noble. And we walked in and I pulled the logo lounge book off the shelf and I had two logos on the cover. Since the deal. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, man. And I'm at another event that same night, and Brian Steely, who if you're not familiar with, you need to look him up, just just beautiful monoline, beautiful work, uh, came up to me at this party and says, you're Bill Gardner. I says, I've got to tell you, he said, you hunted me down and included my work in this last book, and he said, it has changed my career. Um, being in that book and the interview you did, it has literally led to, I can't tell you how many clients. And the last one is Mark Hirons, who I knew this story in advance, but I didn't know he was going to be at the conference. He flew over from uh, the UK to be at this conference in Columbus, Georgia, and he had posted an unpackaging. Are you familiar with those? Yeah. 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 I mean, quasi new to me, but yeah. somebody pointed this one out to me, and it was his unpackaging logo lounge tin over in England, and he got a logo into it. And you could just see this rash coming across his face as he's unpackaging this thing and he pulls out the book and he's going you know i've 
got a logo in here. And he does this uh, podcast on, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Blue Deer Design, I think, is uh, is from. You'll have to look this up. But um, he, you know, this look on his face, he's opening, cracking that book over, open, and he sees his logo. It just, it, you can just see he, the blood drains from his face in such a way you can tell. It's just like you felt the very first time yeah. that you got that thing in there. And, you know, that is what means so much to me about Logo Lounge and what it's achieved is in that weekend having three payoffs, you know, these people that have shared with me how it kind of changed their life. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's going to make you feel incredible. Oh, you know, you know this. Um, you've got great designers working for you, Justin. And when they go into, when you go into a meeting and you're carrying their work and the client loves it, Everything in the world tells you that you should have some streak of jealousy or something running through you, but you don't. You've got this incredible feeling of pride. So proud. You know? I love that. You're kind of going, God, my people. (laughs) You know? This is my team that, you know, uh, oh, oh, but it were for me that I had the talent to produce the kind of work that they did. And, you know, we just take such incredible pride in that. And I know that uh, my team, Adam Anderson and Nathan Holtus and Jay Walters and Brian Weens, and I mean, they're, they're all so incredibly talented. And I always feel incredible walking into a meeting with their work because I know that you know uh, I wish that I had the level of talent that they did mm. that's well said I think you know going back to um, your point about entering into awards and that yeah. sort of thing um, I I honestly believe it it's it's a wonderful barometer it's a wonderful um, sort of like you had said kind of chase the ring now yeah. we don't you know we don't do our work to get into award shows but yeah. there's something about when we do something at a certain level and we're like oh Exactly. This is awesome. We want to share this. And then when you get that letter or that email these days, um, it's equally devastating when you get denied, uh, right? But when you get the yeah. yes, you're just like. Oh, and God knows I've gotten enough denial letters. Yeah. I think we all do, you yeah, know, and anybody that sure. wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, so, so let's get to Logo Lounge. Okay. Um, so you, why did you start Logo Lounge? <clears throat> what was the impetus behind that? Um, a, uh, uh, a friend of mine and I were having a conversation uh, when he had a failed marriage uh, just about the time I was getting married. And um, he was trying to figure out how to get back into the dating scene. And the internet was just burgeoning. It was just starting. And I made the comment, you know, uh, why don't you uh, get involved in this internet thing? <laughs> and, uh, you like know, I mean, it, it, yeah, there's kind of, you know, yeah. no, not dating, uh, just, you know, as a point of commonality. Oh, he was yeah. a relatively introverted. We were talking about introverts and extroverts yeah, earlier yeah, today. Yeah. He was a relatively introverted individual that came across as an extrovert, but very introverted. Mm. And um, just trying to find something that he could have in common with somebody to have a conversation. And he goes, God, I don't know anything about it. He says, what would you do? And I'm going, well, like I'm into logos. I don't know. Maybe I'd come up with a site that was, uh, uh, I could take all my logo books, you know, or all these logos, and I could put them on this site, and you could look them up, and kind of like eBay. And it dawned on me at that point, and it was eBay that kind of got me there because uh, eBay had just been introduced. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, somebody that was in Turkey could take a teapot that they had they wanted to sell somewhere in the world, and they could post it on eBay along with some words about, you know, that described it. And I could type in teapot and pull up a teapot in the U.S., you know, seconds later. And I started thinking this through, and I'm kind of going, oh, hell, you know, all the time that we spend going through books and uh, taking a look at, you know, catalogs of logos, 
you could literally, you know, uh, take those keywords, have somebody enter those keywords when they submit a logo, and just like eBay. And um, I will tell you that it probably spent about three years in the mental incubator before uh, we were actually able, before technology got to the point where I could really make it happen. Mm. Um, and when we launched the thing, um, I will tell you that uh, here, 20 years later, this has been one of those things that has, it met all of my original expectations, it exceeded my original expectations, and that there really was very little about it that surprised me because I'd had that many years to think about, you know, wow. what what it might be and how it might work. Do you ever get nervous if someone beat you to it? No, um, not not really. I guess I, maybe I should have. Maybe I was stupid there. I, I will tell you that as soon as it started up, that's when I started getting nervous. Mm-hmm. Was you started thinking, God, if somebody else, you know, has the same idea. I want to make sure that I get to a level of critical mass, you know, in here before um, somebody else, you know, catches up with me. And so, like, Logo Lounge has a quarter of a million, better than a quarter of a million logos that have been uploaded by our members to the site. And there are, you know, I mean, God, if you went to Google and you popped in, you know, something in Logo, you're going to get millions, you know. But they're not curated. Yeah. They're not, you know. Uh, so that's the thing about Logo Lounge is, you know, highly curated. Uh, you can determine the level if you're looking for stuff that made it into books or things that were approved by judges or just in people's light boxes or is it by keyword of the industry or who the designer is or where in the world they're from or when mm-hmm. when it was produced. And you know, it is such an amazing tool for the research. I mean, we've been talking about people getting things into the books, but you know. As a research tool, that's where it really has, you know, yeah. helped this industry. Well, I'll tell you now that I have the opportunity to be right in front of you. Thank you for Logo Lounge because <laughs> it is one of the tools that we use. Um, sometimes, like we'll get stuck on a letter. Yeah, yeah. And I love that when people will tag their logos with a specific letter. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, man, I never would have thought to do that stroke that way on, mm. you know, a cue or whatever. <clears throat> and that's exactly and it's it. Inspirational. Yeah. Because Although what we'll end up doing looks nothing like what we looked at, it pushes you. And that was the, the um, way, you know, like you said earlier, and yep. those listeners who don't know what we're talking about here, there used to be books and books and books of like iconography that you would look at. and you Still look are. At, yeah, and you, yeah. Look, and you look at one yeah. little piece and say, yep. okay, how am I going to do a left hand in this logo? Right? Yeah. And you look at all the different yeah. you know, images of, of humanoids, right, and figure yep. out how to do the left hand. And what I love is, um, yeah, you could Google. It's true. Yep. We can do that, and we do that yep. sometimes sure. too. Sure, sure. But when you go into the level of quality of yeah. uh, the work that's on Logo Lounge right. is, is the, the game changer, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we set that bar. It's it's a $100 annual membership, and uh, I get that. And you could go to Google for free. You could go to Dribbble for free, yeah. you know. Uh, but uh, the thing is, is you know, there there is a lot of effort that uh, goes into the site, and it, and it costs us. And, you know, uh, it's one of those deals where... Um, you know, one of the one of the dirty little secrets behind Logo Lounge is I decided early on that it was going to be what was going to help my daughter make it through college, and, and here she is graduating this year. So I've got to figure out what to do with the money now. That's because uh, we're just rolling in the money. I'm kidding you. You know that's I, not I the know case. You're absolutely <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> but 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 so the, yeah, I'm sure that's the perception people have. Was like, yeah, I got to pay hundred bucks. This guy's probably you know driving. Yeah, you know, yeah, flying to work. Yeah, and we we occasionally get something, and I I it rolls off my back from somebody going, I can't believe. 
see that you're charging, you know, uh, people to upload content and to look at the content and the likes. I'm going, guys, it's, it's a business. It, it costs money to do this. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the weather doesn't just come from heaven. It's not for free. You yeah. know, you got to figure out how to do this. Uh, some people live a really charmed life and I'm one of those individuals I've just I can't I couldn't have been luckier mm. uh, in the things that have happened to me in my lifetime and you know I'm highly appreciative of it that's awesome well Bill I appreciate yep. your spirit and I'm, I'm honored that we're friends and I'm that, honored that we are friends yeah and thank yeah. you for uh, your time I really appreciate it hey this podcast yeah I'm hoping this thing works incredibly well because you're one of those individuals that deserves it oh thanks buddy I appreciate you, you. thank All you right. Thank you to my good friend and logo chieftain, Bill Gardner. Bill, I always laugh, learn, and walk away a better person after talking to you. Thanks, my man. For more on Bill, search for him on LinkedIn Learning. And for logo inspiration, you must check out Logo Lounge at logolounge.com. I would also like to thank Sleeping At Last for being the soundtrack to our show. For more on Ryan and Sleeping At Last, please go to sleepingatlast.com or search for Sleeping At Last wherever you get your music from. To Design Of's audio engineer, Steve Wick, I know he loved this episode just so he could bust out his old Kansas vinyl. To the co-founder of this show, Wills Francis, many people don't know this, but he ended almost every question with, Later, we'll see if I respect you in the morning. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did making it. If so, please give us a ranking on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Please tell others about our show and stay tuned for the next season. Please follow us on Twitter at Design of Podcast and check out our site at rule29.com forward slash design of podcast. See you guys next episode.